This is Building on the Solid Rock with Pastor Troy Neely of Calvary Chapel, Solid Rock. Let every family find faith in the Father's love. This is where it begins. This is our cry, this is our song, Jesus the way. We find our life in Him. speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. It still does, you know. Just read it. I believe one of the strongest signs of a real and healthy child of God is that they have a hunger, not just for the Bible, but to know God. And and so they grab the Bible. They grab the book. They grab His Word, which reveals Him. They're not studying things. They're wanting to know Him. They're wanting to find their source in Him, their security in Him. You'll find varying opinions regarding Scripture and its interpretation amongst Christians, but ultimately, this library of books, pieced together centuries ago under the direction of the Holy Spirit, is God's Word. It demonstrates His character and lays out His plan for the salvation of humanity. As Pastor Troy will point out in today's message, if you've placed your faith in Jesus, this book should hold a precious place in your heart and become a regular part of your daily routine. Now, here's Pastor Troy in the book of John, chapter 14, with today's edition of Building on the Solid Rock. Many do this. They study the Bible, and they go and they cast their cares on Him. They study the Bible. They cast their cares. Many do that, but nothing changes. Nothing changes in them. Nothing changes around them. Instead, I think one thing we need to do is to actually spend real time with the Lord. Not just studying, because that can turn into head knowledge. I want to be able to teach people. I want to be able to defend myself. I don't want to be embarrassed anymore. I don't want to depend on people. And it can turn on, turn to the wrong thing. Or I want to hang out with people who are of elite status. And it can be the wrong thing. So study, it's not the end all. And casting your cares could just be a complaint session. You don't really, nothing really happens, because all you do is complain, and then nothing changes. Instead, I think we need to spend real time in his presence, being with him, giving him time to work his word into our heart. Those things that we don't want to hear and we move away from, oh, there's certain people that, oh man, I want to hang out with these people. They're like me. Everyone I want to hang out with is like me and they like me. They don't want to change me. They don't convict me. I want to be like them. So we, we gravitate, birds of a feather flock together, but we don't grow. We fit in, we flock together, but we're not challenged. We don't grow. It's kind of like, you know, when our kids, our kids, when, when we just let them hang out with their own age level, they don't grow. Let them be kids. No, no, they need to be around some of the adult messages. And sometimes they need to be around uh, other peers a little older than them or even younger than them. They need to learn some lessons. They can't be wrapped in the game all the time. Sometimes they got to learn that they got to take care of little Johnny, keep their eyes on him. Why? Well, because then they'll be able to understand where I as a parent am coming from sometimes, get a little understanding. So God is working in us through by leading us, practical application of his word, helping us to understand it. 
And one of the things that helps us be in his presence better is to include being around his people. We need to be around his people in the presence of his people so that we can be in his presence better. See, here's what can happen. When you study the Bible, you see things through your lens, your interpretation. There are some portions you don't get it. They don't fit into your theology. I don't understand it. You kick it aside. It doesn't matter because there's enough here to work on. So you work on only those things and you affirm to yourself or whatever it might be. But what happens is you can tend to isolate yourself and become maybe a better version of yourself, but not transformed. You're not transformed. But see, part of God's program is the way he works, the way we grow in him and get to know him is through discipleship. Other people in our lives who've run ahead, other people who they just got saved and you feel like, I don't have anything to share, but you do. Now, if you're trying to get to a place where you feel like, I've got something to share, now you're no longer usable. Now he's got to send you out in the wilderness for 40 years, wasting all that time. Because you, well, I got something now. We, you already have something. You were once blind, now you see. How'd you get there? What happened? Who was it? Who did this? And you share. But there's also a lot to learn from others. In our culture, in our society, we throw out the aged. They're not fun anymore. They're not fast anymore. Their time is done. It's our time. That is going to mess up the culture. When we run like that, we hurdle those who've gone ahead instead of listen to them. We're about to mess up big time. God has given them experience, life experience to help us navigate. We need them. There is something that they have for us. By the way, if you're here today and you're feeling like my life's at the end, I have no more to offer, my, 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 my glory days are behind. Yeah, we've got the runners now. There's other runners. There's others who can run the tasks and do the fast things. But your wisdom is necessary. You still have a, a purpose in God's plan. And we need you around. We need you here. Please don't leave us. Please don't leave us to ourselves. We need you. So we can't afford to isolate ourselves because then we end up, well, we end up putting God in a, in a box. We don't mean to, but he becomes our version. And we can't really grow that way. If we neglect the spending of the time with God's people and many of them different than us, then we risk forming the Lord into our own image. And that's very dangerous. We get stuck in a rut. We begin to hear things the way we would hear them. Instead of new ideas, something I never thought of. Some of them will, will love. Others, like, I don't know if I like that because it's so different. Proverbs 18.1 says this, A man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Isolating ourselves doesn't just mean isolation one person. It can mean I'm only going to hang around with and gravitate toward those who think like me. So a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire. He rages against all wise judgment. Proverbs 11.14 says, Where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Multitude of counselors gives the idea that there's a lot of experiences and a lot of experience and a lot of perspective there, and you need it. Not that everyone is identical, thinks exactly the same way. That's the world. The world divides that way. That's worldliness. But, but godliness, the, the church is a picture of individuals who come together that are totally different. I think that's what Jesus was saying. They're going to know you're my disciples by your love one for another, you're, yet you're so different. From different backgrounds, different places, different perspectives, yet one God. 
who brings you all together. Really is an amazing thing to consider. So we need his word. We need each other. We need to take all of this, wrapping it back up into being in his presence, after we have taken in his word, studying it, and being around and hearing the different perspectives. Then we need to not disassociate from the ones we don't like and gravitate to the ones we do like and prefer. Then we need to take that honestly and go, Lord, what are you saying to me with all of this? What are you saying? This, I don't like it. Is that from you? Because I don't like it. This is from you, right? Because I like that. And you take it and you let him go, look, actually, no, you got it backwards. This isn't from me. This is you. That's why you always get into trouble. This is from me. You don't like it. That's why you're not growing. And the Lord's able to do that in us. But we need all of that before we can go to the Lord and spend quality time in his presence. Look at verse 10. Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? Look also at verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me. A second resource for knowing God is believing in his person, who he is. Not just being in his presence, but knowing who he is. Who is Jesus speaking to when he says this? He's asking them to believe in who he is. He's not speaking to unbelievers trying to convince them to believe in him. He's speaking to believers trying to convince them who he really is. Believe in me. Not just that I'm Lord and Savior. That's good. That's true. It's big. But I'm not just Lord and Savior who has an opinion, who loves you and wants the best for you. And and yet, you know, it's whatever you want. I'm not that. I am. Whatever the Father says, I'm not speaking on my own authority. I'm speaking what's right, what's true. Follow it. Listen. It's one thing to study the Bible. It's one thing to go to church and even modify certain behaviors because you've read them and it's the Bible. It's one thing to do all of that, but it's another thing to let believing in general turn to personal faith, a walk. Let me read something. It says, A doctor was treating a patient who was a strong, faithful believer. The doctor was speaking to the patient after a surgery he had performed on him, and he confessed to the patient, you know, I believe in God. I believe in Jesus. I'm not aware of any doubts that I have in them, but I still don't know if I'm saved. I mean, I struggle with this whole thing of faith, this whole faith thing. The patient said, you know, doctor, a week ago, I believed in you as a very skilled physician. I did my my studies on you. I understood who you were, what you were capable of. I believed that if I got sick, you'd be able to help me. But two days ago, I let you actually cut into me. Give me some medicine that I did not fully understand but had to trust you for. I entrusted my life and the outcome of my life into your hands completely. By believing, I was saying that I know you can make me well. But by faith, I actually let you make me well. It's a big difference. One is believing you can. I know it can. I believe it. I know we can that's not faith. That's the same believing that the, the, the demons did. See, do you believe that he is? Do you believe that he is able? Well, even the demons believed that. Are you listening and applying? Are you walking in his word? Do you believe in his person, who he is, so that his word impacts you? Let's continue. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Another resource for knowing God is bending to his word, believing in the author of the word, the one who spoke and who he is, but then bending to his word. When we believe in his person, walking by faith, 
His word becomes even more relevant to our life. Not the deeper meanings of it, what it says, period. It establishes the lanes that we travel in. If you know anything about track, there's certain that you can't go out of your lane or you're disqualified. Well, God's word provides the lane for us to walk in, to run our race in. It gives us the direction that we're to go. See, if you want to know God, if you want to grow in discernment, you have to read his word. And I mean read it. Pastor Troy will return soon with the second part of today's message. So be sure to stay tuned. If you'd like to listen to more teachings from Building on the Solid Rock, we invite you to visit our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. Pastor Troy has been teaching verse by verse through the Bible, and you can listen online to our archive of these messages. You can also download each teaching to listen to later or share with your friends and family. You can even subscribe to Building on the Solid Rock podcast through iTunes. That way, you'll never miss a teaching, and you'll be notified as soon as we make these messages available. Find a link to subscribe when you visit buildingonthesolidrock.com. Now, here's Pastor Troy with the continuation of today's message. It's, it's great that we have so many resources, and we're able to plow really deep. We can take, well, the rest of our lives on four verses, and that's great that we have that ability to do that, but I'm going to tell you this, and I will stand on this until I die, because I know this has transformed me more than anything. Read the whole thing. Just read it. If you're not, if you're not reading it, and reading it, and reading it, and reading it, then stop trying to do all the deep studying because you're going to grow more by reading it. God is the one who illuminates. God is the one. You don't need programs and systems and study methods and all of that stuff. You just need to read it. So read it. There'll be a lot you don't understand. I guarantee the second time through it, you'll understand more. And the third time, more. And the next time, more. And you'll find yourself growing in ways you never imagined. Just read it. The whole Bible Read it. You'll understand what pleases him, what he hates. All this is revealed in the word. Surface level, don't even got to plow real deep. You'll understand how he works with his people, what that looks like, what the results are, what causes him to leave people to themselves. You'll get all of that. Just read it. No matter where you open this word, God can speak to you about you. Isn't that the goal? That should be the goal, is to know him so that we can be transformed. Your circumstances, your thought life, your heart, everything are wide open when you begin to read the Bible and God speaks to you where he wants to. Just read it. Martin Luther used to say, the Bible is alive. It speaks to me. It has feet. It runs after me. It has hands. It lays hold of me. It still does, you know. Just read it. I believe one of the strongest signs of a real and healthy child of God is that they have a hunger, not just for the Bible, but to know God. And, the, and so they grab the Bible. They grab the book. They grab his word, which reveals him. They're not studying things. They're wanting to know him. They're wanting to find their source in him, their security in him. Many Americans identify themselves as Christian. Less today, but many still identify themselves as Christian, and yet a poll was taken, Americans, the general American who claimed to be a Christian by by byproduct of being here, I guess. So the Barna Research did a a poll, and they found that only four of ten Americans 
knew that it was Jesus who gave the Sermon on the Mount. That's 40%. That's failing grade if you didn't know that. Most Americans can't name the four Gospels. And only three of ten American teenagers actually knew why we celebrate Easter. If you want to know God, just read his word and bend to it. It's really that simple. Verse 11. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Finally, a final resource for knowing God. Behold his works. Behold the work. Wherever Jesus is, wherever Jesus was, wherever Jesus is, lives are transformed. Work is taking place. Things are happening. Marriages are restored. It's amazing to see. Homes are stabilized and given direction. Now, all of this is because there's a heart change in an individual. Something happens that wasn't there before. So homes are stabilized and given a clear direction. Habits are overcome. Finances are prioritized and fixed. First, the hearts are fixed, and then the things unfold. Souls are healed. It's something uh, that works out sometimes slowly. Sometimes it's a very slow work, but it's always an obvious work that Jesus is doing something. Sometimes it even gets worse before it gets better. That can happen in homes. The rules change because dad got saved. He got Jesus. And he came home and said, kids, we've got to change things. No longer can you stay up until 2 o'clock in the morning and, and expect that you're going to get to school. We can't keep showing up late and making excuses to the teachers why you're so tired and fall, falling asleep in class. We can't do that anymore. We've got to nip it. We've got to do it God's way. And so we're going to have a bedtime. <gasps> I don't like church. I hate it. You hate me. Oh, It'll all come out. But we're trying to get order for the glory of God. We're trying to do something. God establishes order in this chaos we've got. So sometimes it'll actually get worse. You're stirring things up. But guess what? When the Lord's in something, it always changes. Even if there's a few steps backward, things get shaken up. It never stays the same when the Lord is doing something. It cannot. See, God works. When God's around, when God's involved, he works. So let me ask you this. What does he want to work in your life? What does he want to work in your life right now? Not 10 years from now, right now. Sometimes, I believe, sometimes, your personal growth is limited not because you need more Bible study time. I think sometimes our personal growth is limited because you need allow, to allow God to work more in your life. See, it's in allowing him to work, to do what he wants to do. Empty yourself and go, okay, Lord, I will do what you want. I'm a glove. Put your hand in and move the fingers the way you want to. Do what you want. Move. Just, just use me, Lord. I want to empty myself and let you. Now, when you do that, you still go through all of the process. You just let him lead now. You let him do it his way. But what happens is you begin to gain vision. You experience things you wouldn't have before. It wasn't the decision you would have made. It wasn't what you would have done or the way you would have done it. But you do it this way. God does it. You're long for the ride and you begin to see things like you never saw before. God even shows himself. I told you, man, I'm the Lord. I'm God. Now I can do this thing. You mean I was the one holding you back? Absolutely. Absolutely. Wasn't the people around you, that's for sure. No one around you has the power to control your growth. Someone, speaking this, this morning, someone said, you know, I'm so glad for the parents that I had because, you know, godly parents and good, good influences. And some have that. 
But you could look at the person who didn't have those. Well, maybe that's a disadvantage. No, God's at work. Because in my situation, my dad was really hard on me. And it turned me to the Lord. It drove me to the Lord. There's nothing that God doesn't do. Nothing God doesn't do that isn't good and isn't good for us and produces good results. So we got to trust him. We got to behold his works, be a part of his works. You know, it's hard for us to see things the right way when we don't have experience in walking in the right ways. You cannot see it. You'll never be able to see it. You'll never be able to see it. You cannot theologize this or theorize this. You know, one time I went golfing. God taught me a great lesson later on. I go golfing and, you know, I'm an ath- I was an athlete. I did most things. I was able to pick it up, coordinate it. And so we go out there and, and I, the first time I look at that little ball in this club and I think, I am going to whack that thing like there is no tomorrow. I'm going to send it far. And so, so here I am lining up the ball. Okay, I understand. Get straight. And so I pull and I just, with all my might, I swing that golf club and I'm looking for it. And, uh, and they're like, uh, it's still right there. And I look down and the ball had not moved. I mean, I was like, I can't even fathom that. I don't understand how that could have even possibly happened. I mean, I was lined up. I, saw, I don't know how it happened. So eventually, I got a, a good swing, followed through, you know, a little help and everything. And you hear this tick, and it, it even felt good. Like, you know, it didn't feel like much, but it felt good. So oh, I get it. I get it. And they say, it felt good. But here's, here's what happened. Here's how it all unfolded. So I go, tick. And they're right away, I mean, right away, they're like, oh, that was a great shot. Look at all that. Look at that beauty. And I'm like, I don't see it. Where is it? I didn't know how to track it. You know, you have to have experience to know how to see something like the golf ball, where it's going to go, where it's at, uh, all of that. They could. They had the experience. Right away, boom. Oh, look at that. But I couldn't see it yet. Like, how do I see it? Where, how do you tell? I didn't have the experience a few more holes, uh, you know, uh, along the path, getting more experience, I began to be able to track it and see what I was supposed to see. But I didn't know before. It was too much. It was overwhelming. You see, that's what it's like to follow the Lord. We think we know more than we do because I can quote where the scripture is. I can argue. I've studied, man. Long. I've read books. And we think we, we know. And we really don't. And guess what? People who do know, know you don't know. Because they're walking in it. And they know yours is theory, but theirs is faith. Theirs is living it. Guys, we want to grow into those who are living it. It's walking in the works of God. It's walking by faith that we begin to really see things and our vision becomes cleared up. We behold his works and you know him more and you grow. So many people bail out. They skip on what God wants to do. They don't hang in there. And they don't get to see things at the next level, they never learn to track the golf ball. How do you know God? Well, we know him by getting to know Christ. The Old Testament points to him. It foreshadows. It, it, it says he's coming. The Old or the New Testament, excuse me, the Old Testament does that. The New Testament looks back upon him, reveals him. But today, wherever you're at, how do you picture the Lord? How do you picture him? What's your Jesus theology? Well, let me say this. Maybe that picture that you have of him has limited your ability to grow in him. And today, he's calling you to know him more by being in his presence fully, by believing in his person, who he is, 
putting your life in his hands and bending to his word, letting his word rule rather than you and your emotions and beholding his works. Walk in them. Can you imagine having been Israel walking in the Red Sea, looking at the wall of water on the side? You have to experience that. Pastor Troy has been teaching through the Gospel of John here on Building on the Solid Rock. Different than other gospel books, John introduces his book by going further back than when Jesus was born as a baby. He delved into the very nature of God and solidified throughout his writing that Jesus was the Son of God. This backdrop gives you a different insight into Jesus as a man as he lived here on earth. It's no wonder that the book of John includes so many miracles, because it's evidence that only God could do such things. If you're curious to hear more of the teachings from this book, visit our website at buildingonthesolidrock.com. You can listen online or download the message to share with others. If you've been encouraged by today's message, we'd love to hear from you. Feel free to send us an email through our website, buildingonthesolidrock.com. That's all we have time for today. Join Pastor Troy next time as he continues in the book of John on Building on the Solid Rock. Let the light of Christ shine as we grow in Him. Come have your way in us. Come